And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today again is Dr. Hans Vogt, Professor, Ulster County Community College. Thanks for having me, Dan. Well, it's good to have you here, Hans. And uh, this is the second week in the row here on Saturday. And, um, you know, last week we were talking about D-Day, and uh, we're only uh, six days past D-Day. And there was so much to talk about uh, with World War II and this character of Hitler and on-the-ground situation in Germany. Why would the people buy into the lies of Hitler? And uh, we realized, wow, there's so much to talk about. We'd really, we really need to talk a little bit more about it, and that's what we'll do today. Uh, last week, uh, we really didn't cover how America got brought into the war. And I'm just wondering if maybe you could review with the listeners today uh, what really happened such that all of a sudden now here is America as being part of World War II. Sure. Well, that same sense of disillusionment after World War I that we talked about in, in Germany and in Europe was also very strong in the United States. And it leads to isolationism. Uh, essentially, World War I had made America a great power, a world power. But America tried to turn its back on that role after World War I and withdraw back into isolation and mm-hmm. trust the oceans on either side of us to keep the wicked world at bay. Uh, there was a strong sense that America had been duped or tricked into World War I. You know, President Woodrow Wilson had said, this will be a war to make the world safer democracy. It'll be a war to end all wars. Okay, well, I, clearly it hadn't. I remember that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and... A 1937 Gallup poll showed that two-thirds of Americans thought that U.S. involvement in World War I had been a mistake. Well, that's a huge thing. Yes. Two-thirds. Oh, And 94% of Americans, which you never get 94% of Americans to agree on anything, but 94% of Americans in that same poll favored efforts to keep out of a future war over efforts to prevent a future war. Yeah. So the overwhelming sentiment of the American people was just leave Europe alone. Let, mm-hmm. If they want to tear themselves to pieces again, let them. Yeah. So President Franklin Roosevelt then is in an awkward position. He has to appease the isolationists if he wants to be reelected. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he has to prepare for the possibility, which is increasingly likely, of war. Um. His solution is that he calls on the U.S. to become, in his words, the arsenal of democracy. When, mm. when World War II breaks out in 1939, President Roosevelt says to the American people, if you don't want to be involved in this war directly, then we have to make sure that we supply Britain and France Help with the weapons and yeah. stuff that they need. Sure. Uh, what happens, of course, is that by June of 1940, France is defeated and surrenders to the Nazis. Britain then endures uh, nine months of nearly nonstop aerial bombardment, the Battle of Britain, or the Blitz, as the British call it. Uh, June of 1941, Hitler invades Russia, his biggest mistake, and thank God he made it. Mm -hmm. And throughout all this, uh, you know, America is continuing to to supply Britain and and then Russia once Russia's in the war through Lend-Lease, which begins in March of 1941. Uh, by the summer of 1941, the U.S. Navy is, is escorting British ships, carrying the supplies across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. The Marines have taken Greenland and Iceland to secure the route. Um, okay. 
By the fall of 41, there's basically an undeclared naval war between U.S. ships and German submarines or U-boats in the North Atlantic. Several American ships are sunk in the fall of 41. But, of course, it is the surprise attack by the Japanese Navy on Pearl Harbor in Hawaii on December 7th, 1941, that officially brings the United States into the war. That's a real mess. You know, here's the focus on Germany, and then this attack from Japan comes. That's, that just makes this thing huge, it seems. Right. Just huge. And, and it creates a two-front war. The U.S. will be fighting World War II in the Pacific against yeah. Japan and in Europe against Germany. Right? Now, how many lives, approximately, were lost, I wonder, uh, in that attack on Pearl Harbor? Right. Nineteen ships were sunk or disabled. 160 mm. aircraft were destroyed. Mm. 2,403 Americans were killed. Wow. 1,178 were wounded. Until September 11th of 2001, it was the worst attack by that's, foreigners on American soil. That's what soil. I was thinking. I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, 9-11 was, what, around 3,000 or right. so? Right. Wow. Okay, so that was huge. And I would imagine then the sentiment of the American people, if they took a poll then now started to shift in terms of involvement that was felt that was needed? Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's near unanimous support in Congress. On the next day for a declaration of war, only mm-hmm. one congresswoman from Montana votes against the declaration of war. Okay. Um, but it's only a declaration of war against Japan. And, right. and the Pacific War will be very much a war of, of revenge, and there will be some pretty ugly racism on both sides in that war. Mm-hmm. But... Um, It's not actually a declaration of war against Germany. What will happen is that Hitler will declare war on the United States, and then the U.S. will declare war on Germany and and officially enter that war, too. Does Hitler get in cahoots with uh, Japan? Well, dating back to 1937, Japan, Italy, and Germany had signed the Anti-Comintern Pact. Ah, Uh, I saw that word someplace, yeah. Right. And then in uh, 1941, they signed the Tripartite Pact and officially mm. create the military alliance, the Axis. All right. So, you know, those are, the, of course, the three principal nations that we're fighting against in World War II. Mm-hmm. And those three were Germany, Japan, and... Italy. Italy, okay. Well, that's helpful. I see we're uh, up against a break here. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we're talking about World War II. It was less than a week ago we celebrated D-Day, and um, last week, in fact, you may want to check it out on our website, Uh, we had a whole discussion about D-Day and what was in the mind of Hitler leading up to the uh, very beginnings of World War II, and so check that out under RedeemerBroadcasting.org, Programming, and MP3 Samples. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. Hans Vogt, Professor, Ulster County Community College. Stay with us now. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. 
We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, Dr. Hans Vogt, Professor, Ulster County Community College. We're talking about World War II. You know, last week was uh, D-Day, and uh, we got talking about that last week, but we realized there's so much more to discuss on this program regarding World War II. And uh, today, um, we want to continue on in our discussion how the United States entered into this war And uh, I guess, Hans, we need to step back for just a second and say, was it right for the U.S. to enter into this war? That's a very important question. And I believe several months ago on this program we had talked about the uh, just war theory Mm. uh, and the circumstances under which uh, war is permitted on on a biblical basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of those... uh, points that, number one, it has to be for the right reason, that when you go to war, it cannot be for territorial aggrandizement or Mm -hmm. simply uh, uh, lust for power or anything like that, but that in response to an attack, obviously this was Mm -hmm. in response to an attack, uh, or to defend uh, those who are being oppressed, and and, and certainly in in the case of, of Nazi Germany, when you look at German policies and the Holocaust and so forth, mm. uh, certainly strong biblical grounds there as well for, for going to war. Yes. And then the other piece of that, of course, is that not only do you have to go to war for the right reasons, but then you need to fight the war in the right way mm-hmm. uh, and trying mm-hmm. to minimize civilian casualties and right. uh, things like that. So there is a theory of just war, and it's a, it's a Christian theory, and so uh, we have discussed that before, so check our website under uh, programming and mp3 samples just scroll down the list until you get to just war theory so here's america Uh, america is drawn into this war now it's drawn into it on two fronts both in the pacific and in europe right the war in europe has priority but um but it is a two-front war for the united states Mm -hmm. Uh, that's got to be very costly just one war alone and, and all that went on. I've seen, and you've seen it before, too, all these pictures where uh, the American government is trying to engage the people in their emotions and the war bonds and, and you know, save your cooking fat oil because it can be used in munitions. And there right. was a, a very intense involvement of the American people in this war effort. Absolutely. I mean, when you talk about just some of the numbers involved here... Um, 
there were uh, over 12 million men and women who served in the armed forces mm-hmm. in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, over 400,000, of course, lost their lives. And what was the approximate population of America during that time? That had to be, you know, right now we're at 300 million. It was nowhere close to that back then. And so all I'm saying is I don't know what the number is, and yet... This was a large percentage of our population that was directly involved in this war effort. Absolutely. A nation of about 150 million at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, You're getting close to 10%. Exactly. Okay. Um, It's, of course, you know, the expense, um, Mm -hmm. $175 billion worth of government contracts to supply Mm -hmm. not only America's armies, but the British and Russian Mm -hmm. and other allies with the tanks and the planes and the guns Mm -hmm. and so forth. You have, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot today about uh, the national debt and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government national debt rose from $49 billion in 1941 to $259 billion by 1945. So although 40% of the war was paid for by taxation, 60% was paid for by borrowing. Oh, my. Who uh, did we borrow from? Um, mostly from our own citizens selling war bonds. Uh, okay, and that, that's and that was part of that, that effort, of course, right. that the uh, patriotic effort was to buy yeah. war bonds and support your, your government. I'm just struck by um, how a country can be duped by a very charismatic leader. In this case, it was Hitler. Uh, the country is desperate, in desperate straits, financially, uh, I think last week you mentioned, Hans, 42% of the people were out of work. And so at some point, and people are hungry, at some point people will latch on to almost like a Messiah figure and not realizing the consequences because the way this person believes is the way he's going to act out in real life. Um, it's, a, it's a dangerous mixture of, of emotion and, and, and commitment. Absolutely. Germany is a nation that is at uh, the heart of Western civilization and, and Christian culture. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when you think about philosophy, when you think about music, when you think about art, and all the contributions Germans have made science, um, you know, this yeah. was one of the most advanced and civilized, uh, if you want to use that word, yeah. um, nations, and yet they succumbed. They yeah. fell prey to this. Yeah, and it, their engineering was really superior to, to America's. I remember the kids used to have a little game they played on the computer. It was called Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffe, you right. know, and, and, and their planes were superior to ours. And, and, and what engineering, even to this day, I mean, you get a German car. I can't afford a German car, frankly, <laughs> but if I could, I mean, those are wonderfully built cars. Well, and it really speaks to the responsibility of, of all citizens, and particularly, I think, for Christian citizens, to be careful and to not simply swallow what yes. is being handed to you. You know, in Psalm 58, yes. uh, in the Bible, Psalm 58, David asks, Do you rulers indeed speak justly? Mm-hmm. Do you judge uprightly among men? No. In your heart you devise injustice, and your hands meet out violence on the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes on to say, Their venom is like the venom of a snake, like that of a cobra that has stopped its ears. 
that will not heed the tune of the charmer, however skillful the enchanter may be. So, you know, what David is saying is don't pay attention to the to the words, however however great they sound. Watch the actions. Yeah. Watch what they're really doing. Yeah, well um, put. Well put. And it comes down even, you know, we're, we're, we still have a free nation here. We can go to the voting booth and vote our conscience. And we should really be aware if we're voting for someone. Well, how did he or she vote in the past? That'll tell us what they really stand for. And, and so their records really count. And there were those in Germany who did stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe on an earlier program we had talked about the confessing church uh, within Germany. Oh, yeah. Christians of different denominations who who got together and took a stand against Hitler. Very mm-hmm. early on in 1934, uh, they met in Barmen and drafted what's known as the Declaration of Barmen. Um, Karl Barth and, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer were two of the leaders of that effort. And what the Declaration of Barmen very clearly said was that we as Christians will not betray the gospel Mm. for the sake of any political leader. And that if the choice is between the truth of God and our nation, then we must choose God. We must stand up and defend the gospel truth against the lies of Mm -hmm. whatever political regime there is. The atrocities that were committed in World War II. Uh, Hitler um, turned sentiment against a particular race, the Jewish race, uh, he would gather up these people. Um, there would be exterminations. It, this, is, this is just shocking, and we've heard about it. You know, I've heard about it for most of my life, you know, history and that, but we revisit it because we need to remind ourselves of the human psyche, the human condition what a theologian would call man's total depravity. How far we can fall and do really bad stuff. Absolutely. We talked about last week the um, ideology of, of Hitler and, and of the Nazis and, and how it had roots in eugenics uh, and Darwinism. Uh, and so the Nazis, of course, seized on anti-Semitism mm. from the very outset. First, Jews, German Jews, were stripped of their citizenship in 1935 with the Nuremberg Laws. They were forbidden to intermarry. They were encouraged to have abortions mm. uh, and to not have children. Um, so even back then, there was this abortion thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, in June of 1941, um, the SS, which was Heinrich Himmler's secret police, mm-hmm. uh, created mobile death squads called Einsatzgruppen, who began traveling through the conquered territories mm. and killing Jews one by one. They quickly decided that wasn't efficient enough. Mm. So in January 20th, 1942, the SS held a conference at Vansi and came up with what they called the final solution, which was the building of the death camps, mm. uh, in which eventually, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 million people, 6 million of them Jews, mm-hmm but the rest, gypsies and other people who were considered racially inferior, were killed. Mm-hmm. Now, in addition, you have to realize that not only do you have the, the extermination camps, but you also have uh, the other concentration camps where upwards of 10 million people from the conquered territories were used as slave labor yeah. to build the war machines, the tanks and the yeah. planes for the Nazis. Yeah. So here's how a whole bunch of people can just be completely abused, killed, it's unfathomable. 
It's hard to even imagine this, and yet it really happened. And so committed were they to the principles of eugenics and so forth mm-hmm. that they actually, the Nazis, killed their own wounded soldiers, disabled soldiers, because now they were a burden. Yeah. They cared nothing for the service they had given to their country and, and being willing to, to fight and lose a limb in battle. Now they were simply mouths that had to be eliminated. Yeah. Now sometimes I hear, or maybe I've heard that, oh, this was just... Lutheranism coming to its fullness, you know, in Nazi Germany. I, I don't think that's true at all. What, what's your perception of, of all that? No, we, we talked about this last week. The, yeah. the, the Hitler and all the top Nazis were very into the occult and neo-paganism. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, outwardly, some of their program, uh, their propaganda, talked about church and state um, and God and country and so forth, but mm-hmm. in reality, they were all privately just scornful of Christianity. All right. Um, and very clearly it was not at that's, all based in Christianity. That's very helpful, yeah. Well, today is um, six days after D-Day. We're continuing our discussion of World War II. America gets involved in this war. And I see, Hans, we've got about uh, three or four minutes left yet. How about some wrap-up thoughts about these two war fronts, the Pacific and Europe, or uh, whatever you think is appropriate here to help us better grasp what happened in World War II and also how we as a people can avoid being tricked or fooled in a false messiah. I think when you look at the effects of this war, uh, you see a number of things. Uh, First of all, obviously, uh, since World War II, the U.S. has embraced the role of being a global superpower, mm-hmm. uh, for better or for worse, and, right. and I think in truth a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, you see um, certainly a much more expanded role for the federal government that begins to a little extent with the New Deal, um, but where it really takes off is with World War II mm. uh, and the government control of the economy and society and for the war effort, and really. That never completely goes away again, even after the war is over. Um, I think when you look at Christians in America, um, some interesting things happen. In 1942, uh, a group of evangelicals uh, led by men like Harold John Ockengay get together and form the National Association of Evangelicals. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And this is a real watershed moment because in the early 20th century, evangelical Christians had been very passive and had sort of retreated from society and retreated from politics. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. And there's a recognition uh, once World War II begins that, you know what? We can't do that. We as Christians have to be active politically. We have to speak to our society. We have to. We have to proclaim the gospel truth. And, and try to influence our society for, uh, mm. you, you know, n- you're never going to have a perfect government. You're never nope. going to have a perfect society. But that does not relieve you of the responsibility as a Christian to work for the kingdom of God in all areas. Well put. Amen to that. Today we're talking about World War II. And uh, last week on this program we covered some of the thinking that was going on inside the mind of Hitler, his involvement with the occult, That whole program is available free of charge as an MP3 download on our website, RedeemerBroadcasting.org, under Programming and MP3 Samples. This was a huge effort. I know last uh, week, Hans, we talked about the number of 
World War II deaths. And I was wondering if you could just review that once again as we wrap it up here today, uh, this huge effort, and how many lost their lives. Sure. It's truly sobering. Mm. Uh, But, and and these are certainly round numbers, but about 25 million Russians died Mm. in World War II. Mm -hmm. 15 million in China. 6 million in Poland. And that, of course, includes the death camps, which were all located in Poland. Right. Uh, Germany, 4 million Germans lost their lives uh, in this war, which Mm. they started, of course. Japan, 2 million died. Mm. Uh, In Yugoslavia, upwards of 2 million died. Uh, Mm. America itself, over 400,000 lost their lives. Mm. Um, All told... uh, Roughly 60 million people worldwide were killed in this war. It's hard to imagine. You know, before this session together today, I didn't realize the numbers were that high. Well, that's perhaps a sad note to close our program on today. But, you know, maybe it's a good note because the Bible tells us that it is appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. Uh, You and I, my listening friend, have an appointment with God. We don't know when that appointment will be. But someday you will die, I will die, and uh, then we stand before our Creator. And uh, how is your soul? You know, that, that's what it all boils down to. Are we ready to meet God or not ready? And, of course, the only way we can be ready is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Savior of the world. I see we're out of time already for today's edition of A Plain Answer. Joining me in the studio today has been Dr. Hans Vogt, Professor, Ulster Kennedy Community College. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Thank you so much for taking the time, tuning our way today here on another edition of A Plain Answer. Join us again next week at the same time. May our Lord richly bless you today with His grace and His peace as you serve Him.